Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am talking with Sam Witten, the founder of Hemp Eyewear. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited about this innovation. You know, Hemp Eyewear is going to be the world's first sustainable sunglass line developed entirely from hemp fiber and water. And no, of course, you can't smoke them. So, you know, I'm really interested to hear where this innovation started from and what inspired you to create Hemp Eyewear. So uh, I created the world's first hemp sunglasses whilst I was at university. It was actually my final year project. So I studied product design. I've always been passionate about sustainability and innovative design. So I get bored of seeing the same products everywhere. And um, uh, on the sustainability side, I discovered uh, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch whilst researching online, an area 12 times the size of the UK in the middle of the Pacific Ocean was just littered with plastic from the surface to about 12 foot underneath the, uh, the ocean. It was just full of floating plastic. And I thought, wow, this is a massive problem. Why doesn't everyone know about this? Uh, this was five years ago. Um, so I asked the question, what is the most sustainable material on earth? And hands down, the answer was industrial hemp because it's the most sustainable, eco-friendly and um, diverse resource on earth. We can use it to make anything, and it usually has beneficial properties than other materials, plus it grows anywhere in the world. So it really is an ideal solution to like all the environmental issues that we're facing today. So I thought, cool, I'm gonna make a, a world first product using hemp. And I didn't know what it was, but I, I was determined to do it. Um, and after researching trends, wooden and bamboo eyewear was a trend. And I was interested in, in fashion as well as design. So I thought this would be a really cool um, product to, to design out of hemp. Uh, and that's where hemp eyewear originated. So when you were doing the designing and creating of hemp eyewear, what, is that, what did that process look like? Like, how did you go about deciding what features to include, how to design it, you know, those sorts of things from a design and engineering standpoint? So basically, the first thing I had to do was test material. So there's no blueprint because this is a world first product. So I did countless tests of material strength, uh, coatings, um, how I could make the material thick enough in order to make you know a 3D product out of it. So it was really just 
coming up with a lot of kind of scientific tests on the material itself. You know, can it be cut? What force? Uh, what forces do I need to apply to this material? Yeah, what machinery can I use? Can I even drill into this material? So it was really, really basic, uh, basic tests at the start, material-wise. And then when I figured out how I can process this material in terms of manufacturing, it came down to material finish uh, to make it look professional. So the early prototypes were really rough because uh, it's a plant fiber kind of material similar to wood, um, but it's so much harder to process than wood. <laughs> Uh, so that's where the challenge, the, the biggest challenge was in the material finish and making it really smooth and waterproof. And, um, and obviously, uh, w- with the uh, uh, strength properties as well. Um, so, so yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of product development. And, uh, to be honest, it, it, it took, um, even though I had prototypes in my final year of studying, uh, it's actually taken me about four years to develop the the manufacturing process, invest in machinery, and perfect the the material finish itself. So it really has been yeah a long time coming uh, this launch because yeah we've put a lot of, a lot of work into this uh, into this process and this product. So the campaign's going to launch on October twenty second, and you know you're you're a crowdfunding vet. You've done a couple campaigns in the past. You know, you had a campaign that went viral. Talk to us a little bit about that process from running your first campaign to this upcoming launch. So, yeah, uh, we, we've already ran uh, two crowdfunding campaigns. The first one uh, was straight after I finished these prototypes. So I finished university. I always wanted to start my own business, but I didn't really have the confidence to go ahead with it straight away. So the first thing we did was we, we posted photos of my prototypes online. And after three months, it was picked up by a, a quite large design blog uh, called Design Boom. And um, just my, my prototypes that I made at university, you know, which I didn't think were anything special, uh, but they featured them on their homepage. And I think they, had, they have like 2 million followers or something. Um, and because we were featured on that page, uh, smaller websites and smaller blogs featured us on theirs, and it created this kind of viral snowball effect where we received loads of traffic to our website. And I think we, we received about 7,000 emails within uh, three weeks, uh, which was amazing. Um, and that kind of gave me the confidence to actually start the business because obviously that's proof of demand. Uh, so we, we, we turned those 7,000 emails into uh, uh, backers on our crowdfunding campaign, or some of them turned into backers. We didn't get the full 7,000, unfortunately, but that's, uh, that, that, that was the, the uh, basis of our, our crowd, crowdfunder. And that was back in 2014. We raised about 36,000 with, with no marketing whatsoever. It was really just un, uh, a kind of organic, um, uh, organic procedure where... Uh, we had those original backers who were interested, and uh, we were featured on uh, the Kickstarter uh, Project We Love category, mm-hmm. which really helped us as well. Um, and like I say, that was in 2014. Uh, it's changed a lot since then. But yeah, that was really successful for us. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about in terms of like preparation from your first campaigns to this campaign. What's changed? What's the prep work look like? What, what's changed, you know, overall from a marketing standpoint? Yeah. 
So yeah, last time we, uh, the the initial time we, we started, we uh, we didn't really know what we were doing. We we uh, we didn't get lucky per se because we had a product which was really innovative, and that's why we had the the press and the virality. Um, but this time, uh, we're you know we're going through it logically. We're, we're uh, we've spent the last few months gathering content, um, uh, perfecting our new products. So we have three new sunglasses uh, styles with uh, three new uh, colorways, uh, with some really nice uh, uh, special lenses as well. Uh, so we we've been focused on product development and content creation for the p- past few months. Uh, so that's the kind of start of our process, if you like, is actually gathering high quality content, working on our branding, working on our messaging, uh, and uh, the, the copywriting, etc. And uh, at, at, at the same time, I've been speaking to Inventis partners about the marketing side uh, because you can't do everything. That's one thing I've learned. You cannot do everything. I've tried and you just burn out. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a time game, really. So we've been concentrating on the branding, content and product and, uh, and um, working with Inventis on the marketing side um, uh, as specialists in, in crowdfunding marketing. So, so yeah, so that's a bit about how, we, how we've prepared for this one. Yeah, I mean, you've been working with us here at Inventus Partners for the past month to ramp up before the launch. What were some of those considerations that you looked at when you were looking to choose an agency to partner up with on this launch? So we actually used another agency for our, our second campaign, which wasn't really that successful. And so, so this time I was determined to find uh, the right agency and uh, I, I found Inventis Partners, and I was really attracted to the agency because of the track record, for one thing. Uh, you have a fantastic uh, track record. And, um, and I love the uh, – I'm an entrepreneur who is a kind of product designer who has done sales and marketing and startup business experience. And what I loved about Inventis was that it's an all-in-one kind of crowdfunding agency from the product development to the uh, to the marketing uh, to the running of your uh, crowdfunding campaign, all under one roof, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, so, so personally, I, I really like that about Inventis, and um, yeah, the the uh, the service, the customer service that we we got uh, before we even officially engaged and started the marketing with Inventis was fantastic. And uh, yeah, uh, I was really pleased with that. Uh, and that's why we eventually chose Inventis for our partner. Well, we're glad you did. So let's jump back into the campaign now for this upcoming launch. Let's talk a little bit about your campaign video. Uh, I thought it was kind of unique uh, in terms of the direction that you took with this. What was that process like and how did you decide you know, what to include in your video for this launch? So we've already done two crowdfunding campaigns, and we chose the kind of the standard kind of uh, we call we call it a crowdfunding aesthetic. So usually you have the founder giving you a kind of mini pitch, uh, you know, a standard kind of shoulder and headshot interview style clip, mixed with other kind of handmade photos or talking in the office or whatever. So like, and that works, and that's cool. But we wanted to do something different because our brand and our product is all about being different. These are the world's first temp sunglasses. And we, we don't want to be different just in the product category, but we want to be different in, in the way we do our branding. 
And uh, that includes the crowdfunding campaign video. So we didn't just want to do, you know, the standard Kickstarter video thing. We wanted to think about how can we kind of make an impact? It's only one minute long. How can we make an impact on potential backers? What can we do which will make us stand out? So we chose to do our video in a, a one-minute time frame. We decided we didn't want any uh, talking in our video. So we just have text on the screen. And uh, we, we've chosen a soundtrack, which is quite high tempo, which keeps the audience's interest. And the text on the screen matches up with, the, with that music track, which, uh, which flows really nicely. And again, keeps the audience engaged, uh, which is really important just now it, uh, in, in the modern age. No one has any time or our attention spans are so small. We wanted to kind of create the biggest impact possible in the shortest amount of time. And uh, yeah, and also we, uh, our, one of our ideas was to try and get featured on uh, Kickstarter's Projects We Love category. And by doing something different, especially in the video, we believe that that gives us a better chance of being featured in that category. So given that you're about to launch your third Kickstarter campaign, what are some of the tips or things that you've learned throughout the whole process of launching on their platform? Um, I didn't know this uh, before the, the first campaign, but, but it's true. It's preparation. So it's uh, definitely a preparation. Focus on gathering email. Focus on gathering leads. Um, yes, friends and family are great, and uh, they can help you gain traction on the first day. But really, it's customers around the world uh, who are interested in your product who you need to, to get on that first day of, of product launch. So email generation is, is key, I think. I would say, uh, yeah, try and look, definitely have high-quality content. That's, that should be absolutely standard. Uh, you don't have to employ designers, but just do some, some research on kind of other campaigns that have been successful and what looks good. There's a lot of campaigns where I'm coming from a design background, but yeah, a lot of campaigns I think could do better in terms of their, the quality of their um, product photography. And um, uh, so, yeah, I, I would say invest in a designer if you can. And if you can't, uh, do a substantial kind of research and comparison uh, between successful campaigns to get an idea of the aesthetic that they, they adopt. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Absolutely. Sound advice there, Sam. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Oh, um, I, I, I've actually, I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. When I, when I was younger, I would go to car boot sales i would take all my old like video games and uh, and and stuff uh, and i with my mom and i would sell uh i would sell uh yeah whatever i could basically on, on a weekend so i i've kind of always worked for myself as well i've always done uh, I, when i left school i did gardening work and landscaping so i've kind of always had that entrepreneurial spirit and um yeah i love the idea of being free uh I don't have a massive problem with authority, but um, I definitely love the idea of freedom and, and uh, yeah, kind of playing by your own rules, for want of better words. Yeah, that, that's what attracts me to entrepreneurship. 
So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a first for the show. <laughs> uh, he was a great entrepreneur. No, but uh, I would say uh, I, I love Bill Gates, actually. The, uh, I just watched, a, I think, a three-part series on Netflix. And he's, he's an incredible man, if that's not too uh, boring of an answer. But I also, I also like Elon Musk, the way he, how he works so hard. It's all to do with sustainability, which obviously I'm really into. So yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, those two I, I would quite like to meet and pick their brains. So let's say you had a chance to sit down with Mr. Gates. What would have been your first question for him? Well, I, I would ask, what advice would you give me? And I would tell him my situation and my history, and I would tell, I would ask him to tell me what, what to do next or what I should work on, probably. Yeah, he's got quite a few large worldly issues out there that he's trying to help out with, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that documentary series on Netflix was pretty incredible. I thought it was fascinating, yeah. Um, he's an incredible man. It's really insightful. And yeah, he's, he's actually giving back, which is, I think, is super important. So yeah, and no, I really appreciate that. And yeah. Any uh, book you would recommend to our listeners? Um, yes, actually. Uh, I'm a creative kind of person by trade. So I've had to work on my organizational skills. And a book that really helped me was, or at least the first three or four chapters, was uh, one of the Dummies books. So this one was called Time Management for Dummies. And uh, it was brilliant because uh, it got me to write down my 50 goals that I want to achieve in 10 years. And um, I then segmented them into one-year goals, three-year goals, five-year goals, and 10-year goals. And from that, I segmented further. I, I chose the top three goals in each yearly category. Uh, that I wanted to achieve. And, and that's given me fantastic perspective on what I'm actually doing in business and in life. And uh, yeah, that book, even though it's quite, uh, it's not one of the most serious sounding books, th those first three or four chapters have, have really, really helped me. So yeah, I, I, would recommend, uh, I would recommend that one. Interesting. Uh, last question, Sam, and given that you've run a few campaigns, really interested on your insights on this question in terms of what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Mm, yeah, I thought about this. Uh, it's a tricky one because I don't actually like my answer. Uh, it's coming from experience. Uh, the previous campaign we did when we went viral and uh, we, we garnered quite a lot of interest from the press and uh, we, we had good organic reach on the Kickstarter platform itself. Then, then came out our second, our second Kickstarter launch on the platform, which wasn't as successful. And I think that was because Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general has got more corporate and you have, you have um, larger companies using this platform to promote their, their products, uh, which is fine, but it makes it a lot more competitive, especially for small businesses with small budgets. So I think the future is actually more uh, like that it, it's uh, it's going to become more corporate with um with uh, larger companies using it as a platform and uh, uh yeah which i don't like because i obviously I, I want the kind of uh the small entrepreneurs with ideas and creative types to use it for, for their projects so um yeah I, I actually see it going that way uh yeah interesting 
Well, Sam, this has been great. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check you out. So uh, I'm the founder of Hempiwear. We have made the world's first hemp sunglasses. It's uh, Our material is a plastics alternative, and uh, the world definitely needs that right now. Uh, we launch uh, three new sunglasses on Kickstarter, uh, 22nd of October. And yeah, please visit our campaign, check out our video, and uh, if you like what we do, please back us. Absolutely. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign once it goes live. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Type. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.